Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hi, Disruptive CEO Nation. Today's, as always, an absolute treat because we are going to talk to a tech visionary and a futurist. So we are going to speak with the founder of ETT and Skylab and best-selling author. So Dean Gray, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. So I know you've got really fantastic things going on in your business. I know you're going to talk with us about science of engagement and all of the different um, cool innovations in technology, but I would love if you could share with everybody a little bit about your background because you've got this absolutely great business history, and so what would you like everybody to know? Well, my background initially was in building communities around the world. So typically started off as an, as an artist and band, and I got to travel globally, and that exposed me to global tribes. From then, I realized that when I aged out of that, I flipped into um, coaching and training people and teaching basically how artists, how to turn their personalities into brands. But what happened is, is I realized, like a lot of us, as soon as you have these large events and gatherings, how do you keep the party going after that? And that was a big problem because you, you pull all these people together for a cause or a movement, uh, whether it's a concert or whether it's a life coaching event or global peace summit, how do you stay connected after the event? And so that's where my background came from was actually living that problem and building tribes around the world for 15 years. So I went from entertaining to educating and to now equipping. That's what I could put it. Yeah, and I know that, um, you know, in, in some of the things that you've read and talk about, um, you talk about habit tracking, and so, so tell us how you define the science of engagement. Well, the science of engagement basically means, that's it's a big question, but it, it basically means that when you're trying to drive or shape or reward behaviors to help people step into what they want to become, there is a whole science behind that. And it's a combination of what they've found out in game theory with all the video games that people play, combined with what they've learned in social media, that if you take an action, even, even a mundane action on Instagram, and then suddenly you get 55 likes right away, even if you don't mean to have this happening, you're getting such a reinforcement tactic to take an acute selfie that you find yourself doing these selfies unconsciously just because you love the dopamine drip that hits you. And so by, I'd like to say that unfortunately, most of us get gamified by default versus by design. And before you know it, you're getting addicted to all these different behaviors that someone else has set up. Uh, when you really want to learn to shift that around and what's called what's beyond gamification is called VRS value reinforcement systems where you take the steering wheel and you decide to use the same tactics but to get you to do the things that really matter in life. So tell us about how then you transferred that into the technology platform for Skylab. Sure. So so for example, 
when you're going to build a movement or a community or the organizations you're referring to me, you know, about recently, about women for equality, uh, you typically have a movement. It's a group of like-minded people around a cause. And you can call that an affinity group with an A. But whenever you have a community of people that are, you know, 100 people that want to grow to a million people because you want to have impact and results, well, how do you do that? Well, there's going to be some basic fundamental tools you need if you're going to build a community. You're going to need to be able to talk to those people. And the technology advances means you need to talk beyond email because no one opens emails anymore. So it's very difficult to communicate with this group of people that might even love what you're doing, but we just don't open our emails or it goes into spam. So you now need an international chat app uh, because chat's the new form of email. Uh, second, you need a way for people to follow channels like YouTube where they can stay connected to certain topics that you're on. Third, you need a way for people to hop into your community and take a few actions to become the thing you're teaching them to do where they can track little micro actions. And then when they take those actions, they need a leaderboard where they get recognition and then a whole activity wall that feels like Instagram. And then beyond that, you even have courses people can take. So if you're going to grow a community, it's like you need your own WhatsApp, YouTube, Instagram page, and your own Netflix content on demand. And so we put all of those key tools together in what we call community platforms. So now that anyone looking to build a community, it's all built for them. And they've got all the tools that feel like social media, but it's all baked in and it's just ready to go. So that's the underlying core of the technology. Now to answer specifically what you mentioned, uh, let me give you an example. Now that you know that that's the platform, Let's say that you're in the cheer industry and we launched a platform for young athletes. We wanted to prove scientifically, could we get athletes to do the things that really matter besides just taking cute selfies? <laughs> and so we broke up behaviors into three parts, be a better athlete. And when they click on that button, there's a bunch of behaviors like go to the gym, stretch, tumble, be a better person, you know, uh, do your homework, give, um, make your bed, eat healthy, and then make the world a better place. Stop bullies, give back, give your mom a compliment, make a friend outside of your social circle. So we broke up three different types of behaviors. Be a better athlete, be a better person, make the world a better place. And then when you provided that to a group of young athletes, it took off. We've got kids that have four and 500 day streaks, have never missed a day, and it's tracking that they, they go on there every day because now they have a place to go take a behavior. Like I gave my mom a compliment. I made my bed and I selfie verified it. I did my homework and they're now earning badges and rewards for doing the basic things that matter versus just taking a cute selfie. And so now you can show that if given the opportunity with the same type of technology that they're used to on Instagram, young athletes go crazy for it, but now they're doing the things that really matter. I, I'm very intrigued, and, and for our listeners, I think you can go, it, the website is skylab.world, is that correct? Because I'm, I'm, I'm yep. on it as I'm listening to you talk, because it's a beautiful platform. And so let's flip to kind of the operational side of your business, because you just don't build these platforms overnight. How, how did you start out, Dean? Did you have people already on staff that you started working on this? Did you go out and find developers and programmers? Uh, great question. Uh, so I came at this from being the customer, you know, like a lot of great breakthroughs come from some sort of pain point. So I was 
had my own community. I was speaking around the world. I was um, in 18 countries. I had about 30 million fans or customers. And if I did a global tour, I'd have about 200,000 that would show up to hear me speak live. But, you know, it's sort of like being a rock star. You got to keep yourself on that jet to keep that up. And I was always sad at these events that I couldn't stay connected. And more importantly, this was the really hard pill to swallow. At the end of these events, could I tell you who went home and did what we taught? Who read the book that I told them? Who was becoming what it was we just talked about? There was no traceable transparency or continuity program. And it was, if you're humble enough to be honest with yourself, I thought I was in transformation, but I had to swallow the hard pill. It appeared that I was only in information because, you know, because if you can't track the results, you're given great keynotes, but you can't really claim you're in transformation. So to answer your question, I did 300 interviews with other speakers and authors and military leaders and pastors, people who had large communities of over 50,000 who'd maintained them for at least half a decade. And I said, are you guys dealing with the same issues I am? And through all those interviews, we realized there was a common problem between all of us. None of us had a continuity program. And yet we kept hearing about these little apps that were taken off like Angry Birds and um, you know, Farmville where people are growing fake squash. And, and they're getting 70 million people on an app. And worse than that, or not worse, they could track that people were taking two actions a day and they knew everything about them. And we're thinking, all of us, Malcolm Gladwell, John Maxwell, Tim Ferriss, all the big names that were out there speaking together, the truth is we were getting our rear end handed to us by an app growing fake squash. <laughs> so my friends all said, <laughs> they said, Dean, you're just young enough. Will you go learn this app thingy? and game theory. And if you'll build something that we could use, we'll all do it. And then I threatened them all. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, guys, if you make me go live through tech hell, and I'm not a techie, I know nothing about tech. I'll go find developers. I'll start from scratch. I'll sell my company. But if I go do this and you don't use this, I will hunt you down. <laughs> so so um, I sold my life coaching company. And I dove into this and I started at scratch. It was with a vision. I did a lot of reverse engineering of the market. And then I literally just started looking for developers. And I went through all the normal things you do of hiring the wrong developers, hiring the, your, your friend's coder who thinks he can build something big that he can't. All the classic stories, I went through all of that. So tell us about the team that you have today, because I, I appreciate you you sharing. Um, you hit our favorite question, which is, which is, you know, what are some of the big lessons learned along the way? But tell us about the team that you have today. Are they uh, are they still full full time? Do you have a network that works across the globe? How did you assemble your your techies now? Got it. So first thing I learned is that if you're going to build a rinky dink small little app or something small you can do that for like 10 grand but if you're going to build something that actually maintains a community that really starts with a database um, and that it's sort of like the brain behind it and then you build all the pretty interfaces on top so i learned that you had to go find a great system architect and a great uh, api and database engineer and those that's like the the plumbing if you will mm -hmm. and if you get that right um, you just, you can't cheap out on it. These people are expensive. You have to find someone who believes in your vision or you've, or you've, got, you've gone and raised money to, to handle it. And then you then start finding iOS and Android developers. But those are like the afterthought from the underlying, 
engineering. So uh, you go find them. And yes, today I have teams in multiple different countries and you're constantly um, upgrading your team because when someone builds you a car that does 100 miles an hour, that team might not be the same team that when the car needs to do 5,000 miles an hour. So there's, and, and a lot of us get fooled thinking, oh, look, my, 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 my tech works. Well, it works at 100 miles an hour, but maybe it doesn't scale to a million. So you're constantly upgrading your team as you handle the four S's, speed and security and scalability. And now you've taken um, what was Skylab and, and you, you've, you've gone bigger and bolder, correct? You've got ETT? Yes. So what's happened is, is that after two years of case studies, we wanted to prove that if we gave a community like the Boy Scouts or cheerleading or personal development, you know, any type of community that wants to make a difference, um, that who needs to stay connected and train, track, and reward. We went and launched them, and I, I went after verticals with that had six-year-old young kids to 20-year-old children, um, so young children. And I had to prove that I could get the retention and the engagement and the results, because no one cares if they have a platform unless people use it. Then I had to go prove it with baby boomers in the life coaching space, where I could have 50, 60, or 70-year-olds that have 400 days in a row of never missing a day. And so I had to go prove it across generation and across different verticals. And when I did it, I got approached suddenly then by a a big group of investment bankers and people who do government deals saying, wait a minute, you're getting people on these platforms. And if you do that as an individual, that's called personal development. If you can prove that your community does it, it's called a movement. But if you take it a step bigger, if you can do this for a small city or a country or a sovereign nation, that's called economic transformation, which is a new name, ETT. And so we went and brought on some very powerful executives from around the world that run some very big names uh, that do economic transformation. And then we combined artificial intelligence, blockchain, cybersecurity to do this at a high level. But what shocked me is they still needed our technology because artificial intelligence, when you give it to someone, it's like giving them a cow when they wanted a hamburger. They don't know what to do with it. So, <laughs> okay, I haven't heard that so, analogy, Dean. I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the reality is, is, is that, you know, uh, we've got one client, you know, Sam Bazan that was, was just talking to us about, you know, the Asahi company, or you've got... Uh, you know, there's all kinds of movements. Almost everything today is a tribe. And that tribe is typically just trying to grow their movement. But unfortunately, by default, we all try doing it on a Facebook page. Well, you can't create behaviors there and have channels and chat and do the things you want to do on a Facebook page. So not only is it not as effective with what you're doing, the bigger hit is if you're going to grow a community, if you accidentally send them all to another platform that's not yours, you've now given up a massive asset that where they make more money off that tribe than you do. So part of our, uh, of our core mission at Skylab was is we let people buy the, the source code so that they can actually own their tribe. Good. Interesting. The, um, and how many would you say roughly um, organizations are running on the platform today? Over a hundred. Over 100 so, and more to come. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. So, 
Yeah, from billion-dollar entities to your local life coach or baseball coach. I, I love that it's scalable on all of those different levels, which means that different um, listeners running different size companies themselves shouldn't be scared to reach out to you guys and say, tell me more. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. We have an influencer solution for, because here's our joke is that, you know, we had this general, well, probably you and I generation, we traveled the world, as you mentioned, speaking, coaching, doing things because we made a decision to be an influencer. But this last generation are just young children who grow up and before they're even out of high school, they might be an influencer on Snapchat or Instagram. So by default, they've all got tribes. They didn't make a decision. They just have them. That's what yeah. Malcolm Gladwell and I used to talk about a lot. You know, they I realize have, a million. I have a twelve-year-old. I'm just gonna say, I have a twelve-year-old. I have a um, at home. I, I still have a twelve-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. And um, one day I was looking at like my Instagram, and I'm like, who on earth? is is this and and my 12 year old without mm -hmm. skipping a beat she's like she's like why do you care she goes they're just the people that follow you who cares if they want to follow you she's like <laughs> and it was as you said such a stark difference on the way that that they view and interact um and, and i was like oh yeah why do i care i mean i i care that i'm attracting the right people but if other people want to come along who cares <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the difference is we actually thought that this was our group of friends. They don't think that at all. No, this is their book of business. This is their fan base and their community. That doesn't mean it's your close friends at all, because they're now realizing, you know, it's that young experience where now if you've got 5,000 people following you or 15,000 people following you on any platform, sponsors will now pay you three, four, five, ten grand. And what's happened is you've got this whole army of YouTubers and Snapchatters and instant and Instagrammers who honestly make about 50,000 a year to a hundred thousand a year. If they've got 50 to um, 50,000 or half a million people following them. And that's a decent job for them. It literally become their job, but here's what they didn't understand. It's like a young rock star who's just excited to get a paycheck. And then you don't realize, and then later you realize you don't own the label and you've been making a million dollars, but you really were making 400 million. You just didn't know it. So now here's the joke. A million people on Instagram is like being a millionaire monopoly. It's cute, but it's not really real because it's not yours. So now if you have, do you know if you have 10,000 people following you on your own platform and you own the data, you're worth about a million bucks. And as long as you have a platform you can jump to, it's affordable. If you have a couple hundred thousand people following you in any community and you own the data and they do something once a month or once a day, it's upwards to 50 to a hundred million dollars now. So it's, so small tribes are worth huge money. So Dean, as a futurist, I've got to throw this out before we, we wrap up because we're coming up on our time. Um, and I know that you, you have, as you said, you, you've spoken all over the world. And, and for our listeners, if you don't know Dean, truly, you know, go, t go take a look, go look at his books. But as a futurist, can you give us any insight on, on what you think, what trends we should be looking for watching as business professionals? Sure. Yes. Well, I think that's probably the biggest one is why I'm in this space is that I believe that right now there's a ton of behaviors that are being reinforced in this world that are by default accident. And now the world's waking up and we're starting to take control of it. And you're going to see a lot of artificial intelligence come into it in any industry. Then you're going to see a lot of blockchain, which is really just a ledger that means 
if, if we're going to say you did all these behaviors and because of that, you get a free college scholarship, we want to make sure that you can't go in and just decide, oh, well, I'm going to give that to my cousin. I'm going to manipulate the data. So people are using blockchain as a ledger that no one can mess with. So I think you're going to see a lot more tracking of behavior that's permission-based, a lot more security on that behavior, which is blockchain. Um, and then a lot, you know, and then a lot more security on the fact of your own private data. So you're going to see that all over the world. I think it's, it's happening very fast. And I just recommend become comfortable with being uncomfortable in the future. You never know what's going to change. So you better be ready to learn something new and get ready to learn to figure out what you're going to say no to. Okay. So talking about the future, let's talk about you as a business person and um, an ETT. If we come and talk to you again in a few years, what do you hope the story is that you're telling to us then? Um, I would say that to just extend what we've already proven, that instead of individuals and communities and movements that we're now able to demonstrate, we've done this with cities and governments, and hopefully then at a, at a planet level of being able to show that we've really moved the needle on the power of positivity and rewarding certain behaviors and that we'll have the same case studies at a larger level that we do now on a smaller level. Dean, I appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your story, telling us about um, your business. If people want to learn more, how do they get a hold of you? Where should they go? To skylab.world, and then there's a chat bot right there where they can shoot us an email or they can ask a question on the website, and then they can meet with any of our um, associates. Uh, basically, if you've got a community and you're wondering how to build your community or if your community is worth money and you don't realize it, then you're more than welcome to give us a call and we'll see if we can help. And thank you. So to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. If Dean said something that you think somebody else in your network needs to hear or learn, please forward a copy of this podcast to them. We um, also ask you to reach out to Dean, to myself, um, if you have an innovative CEO that you believe we need to be speaking with, send them to me at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future. And Dean, thank you again for being a guest. You're welcome. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>